Hello, everyone. Welcome to the OK Copy podcast. Today, we are joined by Sandrine Charles, founder of Sandrine Charles Consulting, SCC, as well as co-founder of Black in Fashion Council. Welcome, Sandrine. Thank you. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you for having me. I feel like this is our first time in a lot of years of seeing each other yeah. and having time to actually sit down together. And chat, right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like that because I feel like we're always having... Yeah, checking in. We're always checking in, but yeah. But this is... To see you. Yeah. IRL. Real life. Giving me some time on your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> this calendar. On this calendar. So we'll get into that. Yes. Um, but let's... We, I always like to start with like, let's just talk about your journey and how you got here. I think we first met almost 10 years ago, Yeah, which is crazy. Yes. <laughs> both still working for other people. Yes. Both still young. Still young. Yeah. Still firecrackers. Still. Not taking <laughs> anything from yeah. anyone. I feel like that was what we initially bonded mm-hmm. over as we were doing. It was a Beats by Dre. It was. It was yeah, Dre. it was. And it was a long, oh my God, it was a long time ago. <sighs> but I think for us and what I, I think what bo- like what bonded us together was the fact that like we were hardworking and it was a time before everyone created their own thing. Mm-hmm. So we were just trying to figure out what that looks like for us. Yeah. And what yeah. our voices were. Yeah. And then we found them. Yeah. So, but even before then, take us back. Like how, how'd you get into communications and PR? What kind of led you down this path? You know, uh, it was in college. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. My godmother brought me to a concert and I was like, oh, how do the people at the front door know who you guys are? Like, how do they know everyone's name? And she told me PR and I did some research and I was actually pre-law when I went to school and then I mm. shifted to communications. Nice. Um, so I did internships throughout the rest of college and, um, you know, thankfully <laughs> I got a job, then, you know, lost my job, recession, then, you know, started interning again. Mm-hmm. And I just kept being active and figuring out my flow, um, which led me down to being a director of North America before um, leaving and thinking I was taking six months off, but actually started building my company. Okay. Yeah. And you've had your company now for seven years. Seven years. July, seven years. Wow. I know. And tell us a bit more about SCC and what you do. So we For the people are, that don't know. Sure. We're a full service comms agency. We mm-hmm. also do events, activations, influencer engagement, and also partnerships. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a showroom in New York as well as LA. Um, and we work across uh, the spectrum of fashion, lifestyle, beauty. Okay. And so how does, for again, for people that don't know, how does communications and what you do kind of play into that marketing, creative marketing and production role? Because even when we work together, yeah. I was in production, you were in communications. How is that intertwined and how do you view that even now um, in it's the work consistent. that you do? I mean, a lot of our work comes from either, you know, the marketing team primarily or mm-hmm. a publicist in-house or production company that's working on a project and we elevate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it definitely helps because we're the storytellers right. or we're just enhancing what's already packaged up. So I love that aspect. I like the storytelling part still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, there are a lot of elements that I'm like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. But like, thank God there are people who are learning to do those parts of the business. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really do like the storytelling part. And I think that's why I still have an affinity for what I do. Right. 
And when you started, always independent, right? You didn't have any partners? No partners. Okay. But I also fell into it. It was like my first big client was a referral from an editor. And at that point, I had my LLC because I was going to freelance. And I was like, oh, my God, now I need a company. And then my first intern was a referral from Hypebeast. And then um, my finance at the time was uh, a friend of mine I've known since college. Mm -hmm. Then my lawyer. And so it's like, wow, everything is coming into play pretty seamlessly Um, and then by the fall we had five clients after some projects over the summer was it the moment where everything started to fall into place that you kind of recognized that you were on your the right path like doing what you are supposed to be doing I just figured if it's happening seamlessly then the hard work prior to is coming into fruition because all I could think about is like, Oh my God, staying at work. Like, and that didn't change. Yeah. Um, it's just the, the fruits of my labor change for sure. And because you came out swinging with top notch clients from the beginning, what has it been like to be able to keep up a roster of clients and how do you go about that? I think I honestly, I like, working with brands that want to work with me. Mm-hmm. That's always been my ethos. I don't want to fight. Uh, I don't want you to like sign with someone else and then get me and you're not happy. Mm-hmm. And I think coming from big box agency, sometimes you just don't know what's coming onto your roster until it's in your lap. Mm-hmm. Um, I have really good relationships with clients old and new and still existing. Um, like definitely very much a family feel with the majority of them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I enjoy. I feel yeah. like your comms person should be integrated. You guys should have a better relationship than just do the work goodbye transactional yeah it's you know and if it's transactional that's cool too Mm -hmm. but I do like having actual relationships with people where I can say hey I need to take a couple of days off right you know I'm a little burnt out the team got you but Mm -hmm. like I'll be back you know you're in good hands and they trust me versus like oh you're taking off how dare you take off (laughs) like you know that that's a great balance how dare you be sick yeah how dare you be sick how dare you need surgery how dare you need your tooth pulled whatever it is yeah um it's just really it makes me want to come back to work because I am a little bit more positive about jumping back in. Right. And so with your relationships that also led you to start black and fashion council, it did not necessarily. No. Okay. No. How did we get here? Cause I, it was amazing to see, but I've always been curious as to like what led you to start it. Yeah. Like during that time period, I, I feel like we're all on Instagram. We're all home. Mm-hmm. We're all day drinking and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and house partying <laughs> at night. Um, and a constant thread, Lindsay and I have always been friends. We were friends okay. way before that. Um, but I saw her stories and I saw like what I was posting and what other friends were talking. So like I hit her up on the side, like, I can't believe this is still a conversation. Like mm-hmm. I was included in her story for the cut where she interviewed dozens of black uh, professionals on their experience being black in fashion. Mm-hmm. And, um, we were just talking about it and, you know, what we hope to see. And we started rallying, you know, our peers, we did a uh, zoom conversations with tons of people. We were having conversations with people, just seeing how they were, um, how things are going, etc. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in the midst of one of the conversations, someone mentioned, Oh, this should be like, you know, a council. And, uh, it soon developed to like black and fashion council. And we figured out the boards and what our initial initiatives would be. Mm-hmm. Um, someone, um, 
shared the information of the council before we could. And so it it sped up the announcement for us, not in a bad way, as I'm sure they might've thought it was going to be, Mm. but it was actually positive because we were able to just rally our, not only our troops, our peers, but like our network and our network has definitely came out (laughs) blazing. We have done a lot for designers. We're in our eighth season with IMG. We have different partnerships where we're able to give designers money. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also have a directory with Color of Change. Mm -hmm. So it's a a great database for brands to use instead of usually, you know, the usual suspects. And so many people have grown out of that initial uh, scope of work that they had as a creative and they're doing bigger things. And they're like, have you heard of these people? Like, these are great people. Um, So that's great that we get to interact with them and other projects we've done or experiences we're trying to create for different creatives so that they have newer networks or outlets to Mm -hmm. participate in. So I really do enjoy the work we do at the council. Yeah, I enjoy really watching the work that you guys do. And we got to be a part of small part of the IMG MailChimp series amazing product that came out of it. The designers were elated by the experience and by the support and continue to sing your praises. So it was great to see it fully realized. We're happy to see that MailChimp were great partners. And I think that's the difference. We want brands and companies who want to give back to these designers as they continue to grow, give them opportunities. Yeah. Care. Like here's some money. We know you need it to do the next phase of your business or the next part of this plan. So that's always been the outstanding (laughs) in this course of work. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you mention creatives, again, for people that don't know, Black and Fashion Council represents a variety of creatives within the fashion industry. Can you spill a little bit more about that? So we work with different categories. We don't represent anyone officially, but we have over a hundred brands that we interact with Mm -hmm. um, within the council umbrella that do different programming from Tresemme that have the, um, the, uh, it's like, I would say it's a foundation for hair, budding hairstylists and the winners. They put them through school so that they are accredited to do bigger and better things. Nice. They have a great board of judges. Uh, Fred Siegel, which Kingsley won the first series, did um, a similar type of platform where there are judges and they, you know, it's his first foray into the retail store. Um, so we definitely work with brands to find moments and opportunities to help them. And for all creatives, so designers, hairstylists. It depends on the category okay. where it would be a mirror or a marriage between brands. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and what is one job that you would say, whether it was with SCC or with building BIFC that tested you the most, um, that became a big, like learning leap or steep hill that you had to overcome to get to the end, whether it was building BIFC, which it sounds like there was a moment where someone tried to out you and you guys had to jump over that. But what are some other um, times that were very challenging that I feel like it's always good to share? Because sometimes people see what we're doing, it all looks glittery and glamorous and don't necessarily understand some of the hills that had to be climbed. Yeah, I think just entrepreneurship in general, Mm -hmm. it's um, a, a hard hill to climb. And though we all just share our highlight reels Mm -hmm. or the good parts, I'm like, I don't have time to record myself 
like pitching. I don't have time to record myself making Excel sheets, but um, it's, you know, it's ever evolving and, and it's a learning experience. It's learning all of the business codes and, you know, the legal background in different states and different projects and different initiatives. And that's, you know, it's a lot and I don't have partners. So that's another thing. Um, yeah. It's still me and then my amazing team, but, and a great back of house, you know, structure, but it's still a lot. You need to know everything and it's yeah. bigger than just like, doing things just to do them or showing up places just to show up because it's your livelihood. And I'm reminded every day that it's my livelihood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You can't slip up. Yeah. Right. You were one of the first people that I know that really had, like you mentioned backup house, but like really had your backup house structure down, like from the very beginning. How did that come about? Well, I think I have to give credit to uh, the last two agencies I worked at where I was a director. So I had to interact with a lot of the back of house um, and sitting with accounting or learning what they needed in terms of like new biz, like what were my projections that helped me to set the tone for what I was expecting to do. It wasn't just like, okay, I just want to make this amount of money. It's like, yeah, we should have to pay people. Right. Uh, everybody has to get paid. You have to save. You also need to secure some funding for your retirement. Like, mm -hmm. this isn't forever. I mean, for some people, that's fine. Like, you do it till 65. Yeah. I don't foresee that. It's very odd how selfish the networks and studios are are being. Yeah. Considering how much money they're making from they these make. people. And yeah. if these people don't get to the pen to paper, yeah. then there is nothing to promote. And right. I think that's the part that I'm like, why would you want them to get back to work? Exactly. Give them something so that, you know, they feel secure enough to get back to work. Safely. Yeah. But I do know that when it happened in 2008, we got reality TV. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, what is it that they're working on or are they, that they're counting on that they believe will keep the... But the streaming is just owning the, like, the, the movies, the big box, like studios aren't doing what Netflix and Google are doing, or even Amazon. Right. And so these writers are literally like writing for the bear. Like I write, write about one of the writers. Mm -hmm. um, Hulu. Uh, yeah, like and they just now that Hulu has that like acquisition or mm -hmm. whatever the partnership is that mm -hmm. they run the program simultaneously. Mm -hmm. How that has changed. But if it was just normally FX or normally on ABC there'd be no issue. Yeah. They'd be paid accordingly. Yeah. And yeah. I think that they should get a little I really think they should get a piece of the pie. I do. I like it. it it's just streaming. Yeah. <laughs> and if it helps them in the long run to sustain, you know, the course of the economy, then why right. not? Why not invest in your community? You know? How do people don't want to? Your community is everything. I guess we'll start to see the outcome in like yeah. six months of, of... But why? Yeah. That's holiday. Like to think that like some of those people might not have... A place to Homes. live. Yeah. Yeah. Cars to drive. Yeah. Because they're just fighting for the bare necessities of their role. Right. It's crazy in 2023. Exactly. It's really sad. Yeah. And I read something about an executive said that they will continue until... They're, like, they lose their home. Their yeah. apartments. <laughs> sick. It is sick. Yeah. I mean, it is a sick world and we can't change it from where we're sitting. And that's that's the thing I'm constantly thinking about whenever I'm like, okay, this is happening, but they're at the top. I don't have that money I don't have that power right. I can't help them so it's like you know I isn't we were talking about earlier about the TikTok thing like you know I would love to give these kids 
whatever. I would shoot. I would have wanted that too at that age, but it's not realistic. It's not how the industry is working. So how can I do that? And why would I want to put myself in a position that I can't win? Yeah. Because I'm overcompensating or whatever. Um, but we'll see. But I think a lot of that, when we talk about salary ranges and ask, also sometimes comes with being uninformed mm-hmm. of how a company works and so, or where a company sits. And because they see you have big name clients. Or those things you have in normal life that they don't know where it came from. Right. Um, <laughs> do you have a tendency to just go, oh, you're wearing that bag or you have that bracelet, so you must be able to give me this. Right. And it's just, Okay, where did it come from? Was it me? Was it a gift? You don't know. Was it inherited? Right. Yeah, like, no. Don't think about the exterior optics. Like, think more so, what is the job? What is the title? What is the range? And then also, what is it in comparison to? Right. I always say, you... They give you more ticket. Because <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> um, also, you don't know what I've done before. Yeah. What I've saved, what I've attained to yeah. be able to buy whatever and I want, whatever I want. Business. And it's none of your business. It's none of your business. That We're talking about something very specific and a specific, you know, scope of work and a specific compensation. And I think when other people do it, like, it's okay. Like, it's okay for some people to spend their whole summer in Europe. But if I spend a week in Europe, it's like, I can't believe you're in Europe. I'm like... <laughs> Other like, people as yeah. non people of color. Yeah, yeah. Like never question. Yeah. Um. And I have friends that I absolutely adore. I'm like, I would love to like go on vacation and have full peace. Mm-hmm. But it's like, well, why are you there? Like, why do I just be at work every day? Right. Why do I have to work that hard? Yeah. I even tell my team, like, put in your PTO, take the time off. Yeah. Like, it, everything will be fine. So we started. Um, like mental health breaks for our yeah. teens about two years ago and I think in the beginning it was like oh, I don't know our clients gonna receive it and we we're like we actually just need it for ourselves yeah. at this point so we do a summer break and mm-hmm. we do a winter break so that was just coming up mm-hmm. so that whole week before Labor Day and then the couple Good. of days after everyone gets at least eight days off nice and it's worked really well. It's such a great reset for yeah. the team. They they feel appreciated yeah. as well. And as a team that's primarily, like, black women, mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, we are respecting ourselves and our bodies and holding space. We set those boundaries mm-hmm. with our clients. They know it's an everybody's signature, like, yeah. the month leading up to it. And it's fine. I, I think a lot of companies, I have a client right now that, that has their summer recess for the week. Mm-hmm. And even though we're emailing them, we don't expect them to respond. Yeah. Um, and then last week, another client had the whole week off. Nice. Um, and, yeah. And so I'm seeing it a little bit more often and I'll reward my team. I'll give them time off or, you know, whatever to, to reset. But I'd love to do I'd love to really do that. Yeah, like, I kind of want it for myself now. Yeah, I like it. I mean, they, they do leave early enough to yeah. enjoy, like, a three-day weekend. That's and, like, great. sometimes Monday at home. Nice. So, are you guys in office? Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, we have samples. We have products. Right, right, right. <laughs> we're seating. Sorry, chaos. So crazy. I would love to have, like, everyone work from home, but it's not, like, what are you going to do? Take some racks home? Right. Like, you have to go in. And um, be there. Mm-hmm. What brands are you um, working with now? What brands are in your 
So we work with Showroom. a couple of brands, right. you know, just, uh, you know, Merida brands we work with. Daily Paper, and I think when we first met, um, I took them on a couple of years later. Right. And um, that's been a really fruitful. You've been with them for a while. Yeah, it's a it's good, like, partnership. See, yeah. yeah. And I like clients like that where, like, we work well together, you know, we'll we'll go at it like everyone else, mm-hmm. right? We, we'll agree to disagree, but we'll also find pockets of joy with different partnerships and opportunities that we celebrate together. Um, And I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. Um, I do honor the gift, which is Russell Westbrook's brand. See Giddy, which is Lizzo's brand. Uh, We have a couple of Scandi brands. signed them recently, right? A year ago, yeah. We did the launch and we're still here. Thank you. (laughs) Um, We have um, Eyewear brand, Dita. We work with, as I was mentioning, a couple of Scandi brands. We have a couple of European brands, which is nice. Yeah. it is really nice because I, I definitely love the way European brands operate, mm-hmm. the, the grace they give themselves to take breaks and reset and to mm-hmm. think about things. So we're working with one that I'm, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but we're really excited about them. Right. <laughs> we're doing a two big projects in the fall with them. We work uh, with footwear brands still. Um, we dabble a little tech like with Zellerfeld and they do great collaborations. We launched them and have been doing like releases for them. They uh, launched with like a Heron Preston. They did an ambush one. They did a Kid Super one. Um, so it, it, it's great because we're always on our toes. Though we have like all this, like Riot, I've been wearing Riot stuff before we became a client. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, I got the thousand bikinis that <laughs> get me in trouble. But I'm just like, what is the trouble? You go on a beach and everyone's wearing bathing suits. Right. And I just love Monty and, and her brand and how we can also, again, collaborate um, and find ways to move the needle. So we are about. Um, I'm going to say 15, 16 plus projects. Wow. And, you know, being in New York and L.A. helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team is great. So, yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been good. And there are other brands I'm eager to work with and mm-hmm. communicate with. And I'm sure things will happen down the line. But the one thing I do like is organic relationships. Yeah. You know. You have a great foundation, like a great yeah. foundation of brands and, and clients. And there's something you keep honing in on, which is just like collaboration and respect. Can you talk a little bit about what makes like the best partnerships for you and what what allows you to even retain clients like Daily Paper and Honor for over a year and continuing. Yeah, I mean, sneakers and stuff. I mean, you were something oh my gosh. Yeah. I went to the store the other day um, and I was like, me and Jarrell, remember Jarrell yeah, from Madison? Yeah. We went and we are like, this is Sandrine's client. Yeah. Like, she opened this store. Remember that. I mean, still to this day, um, really, I mean, one of the founders, I've I seen him a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when he told me he was leaving as, like, day-to-day to be more on the board. Just, I mean, of course, he built it. Yeah. Like, crying. Like, I love you. Know, like, you know, like, we have that foundation of being good people to mm-hmm. each other. You know, adore you. You respect me. There's love and foundation there. Um, and giving me a chance. Like, we met through someone who was coming on the team who was still a friend of mine, still there. Um, she's like, no, I trust her. We'll work with her. And it's like, a lot of that is what I've been working hard to get through the red tape. Like, yeah, I'll do a strategy. That's understood. But, like, it's different when people are like, but can you do that? But do you know them? Right. And just going, okay, I trust that we will, you know, do our best here. Some things, you know, in life just don't come out as you want them to. But if we at least try, mm-hmm. then that's fine. And I think that is really important to me. And just, like, 
people that like you. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay if you want to work with people that like you or that you enjoy their time and mm-hmm. company. Like most of my time is like maybe a two hour lunch with a client, just shooting the shit, talking mm-hmm. about things, which will spark interest on what I pitch, how I can, you know, angle them or someone says something like, oh, do you know my client? Like, Mm -hmm. I think we should do this, Mm -hmm. which turns into the partnership. Like the collaborations we do are what we bring to the table because we have a better understanding of what people want or what their wins look like. Um, So yeah, I'm really a a huge advocate. Like I like to work with people who like me and I mean, literally as a person, do you like me or will you give me hell? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I'm always like, watching in those intro calls and yeah. those briefing calls like if i feel energetically you're about to bring hell our way yeah. i'm politely bowing out or about bow once i feel it. if i feel yeah. like you're not as organized as you should be and right. you want me to double triple my workload like i can respect for no love. increase no increase <laughs> just a lot more work i can yeah. respectfully say i will see you soon <laughs> and i will and i'll see you in the street and we'll be cool but like right. I'd rather not give myself the headache nowadays. And I think that's a learning curve too. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just take it. It's like, oh no, when's yeah. the next thing coming? But I'm like, no, it's I like not to sleep it. peacefully. I'm yeah. going to wake up and work out. Yeah. How much time would you say you spend like networking and just having conversations and building relationships, building on your relationships? I think I'm doing a better job now mm-hmm. rebuilding on relationships and doing individual because a lot of things ended up in groups. Mm-hmm. Everything at some point became like, oh, but we should work X, Y, and Z too because we're meeting like, mm, I, okay, love them, but I don't know if we're going to have the same conversation. Right. Or I can pull from you what I'm trying to figure out what you're working on to see if maybe I can give it to you. You might not be as candid in front of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I have been doing more individual check-ins which I really do enjoy still do group things but that comes with the nature of our beast you know yeah sometimes it's easier to check in with five six people but um definitely yeah. easier to do yeah one on yeah last thing mm-hmm. if you have any type of advice to our listeners it's a broad range of people that are tuning in so people that are already in the industry but maybe you're figuring out where they want to go what's next or how to elevate their business or their roles positions but then also some younger folks that are looking to break into the industry so across the board any advice that you would give and what book or podcast are you reading or listening to my advice it's still consistent. I think I did like Naomi's <laughs> podcast like four or five years ago. It's like, like literally take the best, forget the rest. Like if someone pissed you off, like leave it alone. Mm-hmm. If you didn't get the job, it probably wasn't for you. Like a lot of things that I harped on, mm-hmm. um, like, why did I get this? Or why did I get this client? I'm why like, not me? Yeah. And it's okay. Roll with the river instead of fighting with the rocks. Like yes. where can I go and be champion? Where can I go and be respected? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, versus just going, I really, really, really want this brand. It'll just do this for me. Something will do that for you. Like, I've learned that. Like, I promise. Um, It will come. It does come. Yeah. It does come, and then they do come around. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. So I've stopped fighting, and I think in terms of just, like, established professionals and people coming into the business, it's learning your industry. 
learning the pay scale for a title, learning like what it takes to be in in or on certain projects, um, and then honing on the skill. I remember one time when I was at an agency and I just transitioned back from like working in-house um, in entertainment. I sat there and I learned everyone. The math said, I was like, I'm typing it into Excel. I'm reading it. So like, I don't remember. And that actually helped uh, get me uh, to where I was working on really great projects and bringing in different clients that I was really passionate about. But I had to re-educate myself. Um, so don't be afraid to start over. Don't be afraid to ask for help um, or tap into people that you trust. They don't need to know the, the full extent of your business or what you're asking for. I had a coffee earlier with a friend of mine. And like, I don't need to know the nitty gritty, but she's asking for help and I'm going to give it to her. She wants a connection. I'll give it to her. What do I get from hiding it? You know, it'll come back to me tenfold. And what am I listening to? Um, Every morning I listen to church. Wow. Okay. (laughs) I I listen to Stephen Furtick. I listen to Change Church. I'm not really a transformation girly. It depends on what it is, Mm -hmm. what the subject matter is for sure. Um, I like Know For Sure podcast. Um, I've been listening to Jason Lee's podcast. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, I just started watching his show. It's good. It I was like, <laughs> I wasn't sure, but I yeah, actually like I really it. enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I try to streamline those. I listen to my friend Cammie's podcast, uh, Relationship. Um, it's great just to hear people's perspectives. And I'm currently reading the seven, um, the seven levels of intimacy or the seven something of intimacy. My therapist just gave me that. Book. It's great because I haven't it's, started it it's yet, not only for um, like your your spouse or your mm-hmm. partner. It's for work relationships. It's how you treat people in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's how you judge people when you go buy something. Right. And um, it's great. I highlight it all. And it's also a learning curve on how you have previously allowed people to treat you. And that goes yeah. across the gamut. Um, how you'd like to present yourself and be treated. So seven levels, how much you share with people. Right, how you value interactions. Yeah, as well. it's like yes. level one, just surface. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, good morning, good night. That's all. Keep it yeah. there. Yeah, and you keep it there. Yeah, mm-hmm. understanding also like the book. I just had a reading yesterday. He was talking about, I go to, so I have therapy and you're a priest and um, I bounced back and forth mm-hmm. between the two of them and we were talking about pockets uh, or groups so you have like your family you have your close friends you have your maybe loose friends and then you have associates right and and loose friends can also be dating you know people yeah. come in and out of that but really always re- being open to resetting people's positions within yep those circles based on your interactions based yep. on how they make you feel how your body feels like you if you've ever them. been in shock around people uh it's like new to me because it was like i was recently in shock like i would never i was like i don't know how to describe this yeah but then also reset and now it's like you're a little bit more balanced whether you change their position on the board mm-hmm. you know the board of chess or the board of life mm-hmm. um and then bring people up but i always now take inventory on how i feel like yeah. even now i came in i was so excited to see you and i felt mm-hmm. it was mutual it's like take inventory on how yeah. i feel so i'm not taking away bad vibrations and then bringing them to my next interaction right. with someone else unbeknownst to me right because yeah. you're unsure of what's happening yeah and also sometimes those 
things, those vibrations happen, maybe because you viewed your relationship in a different way. Yeah. Maybe you put them on a pedestal, you had a different view. Or you thought it was mutual. And and, and And I was going to say then what they are looking at your relationship to be. And it's not only in terms of romantic relationships. Oh, yeah. No. Business, friends. Yeah. And I really appreciate it more. So I'm finally happy that I'm finishing the book. Yeah. I've had the book for like a year. and I have not started mine either. I need need to. to. Yeah. And so I read it on the plane. Do it. You're going to love it. And I was influenced to open my book. I saw someone else reading it. I was like, oh, my God, I have that book. Okay. Yeah. It's definitely sitting on my nightstand start it you'll, <laughs> you'll go through it very quickly okay um and that's the thing i like about it because i'm like oh my god i need to be more aware of how i do this or how i do that and now i'm very much like a mouse i'll give people things that are public yeah but nothing that you know depending on the level mm-hmm. that's a good lesson for me because i will just spill yeah i'm so excited yeah. i'm so passionate about whatever is happening just want to let everyone know but even this like no, no, keep it on the low. No one yeah. knows. You know who knows where I am? My assistant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I just broke it to my business partner like two days ago. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to be on set. Yeah. 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 And sometimes that's the foundation of the next level piece. And mm-hmm. that's where I am. Yeah. Like, I'm literally into the transition of my next day. Well, you're controlling piece. your piece. Controlling in a very much um, environment where I can... Um, be myself candidly right and i think a lot of times we present ourselves as like cut and dry and cut and dry because mm-hmm. we have to do a job and i'm like yeah but i'm a person and if you see me elsewhere and it's not work then i would hope <laughs> that you know i would be myself who i want to yeah. be yeah and i not feel like i have to put on a show exactly well thank you for coming yeah. as your full self here today thank you and dropping all the gems and just even for me it's so I've been watching your journey but it's so nice to just hear yeah. everything that you've been building even your client base I'm so inspired by you I'm inspired by you I'm so proud of you every time I see like what you guys are doing I'm like yes because I remember when yes. we were in the trenches in the trenches with those evil people yeah without having to say we're in the trenches yeah. right like I think there's so much more now with stories and mm-hmm. you know tiktok and like, we were just like i'm just do a post and call them oh my gosh it's evolved yeah. so much yeah. sometimes i feel like old hat so i'm like we just do we're still stuff. young yeah we really are i think when we look above um and below like people coming up and the people that have come before us yeah. like we're in a very sweet spot it's a good place yeah. to be that's why we just have to keep pushing be very gracious uplifting each other yes. encouraging one another i will never forget that was my last thing was watching um offset smoke a blunt at a <laughs> runway show Goodbye. <laughs> i died i was like all the work that we do to create a show we just smoke a blunt i was so upset Did you know? <laughs> Now it's like laughable, right? Like he's just living his life. He is. Just let him. But when I first saw that, that's when like I felt like an old hat. I can't believe this man is doing this, disrespecting what people built. (laughs) And then people are like, I love this. Exactly. So that I'm not worried. So that I don't care. Yeah, no. I love this for us. Gratitude, intention, growth. Growth. And then just helping people. Mm -hmm. Continuously. Yes. Well, thank you again. Thank you, my love. And that is a wrap on this OK Copy podcast episode. 